Welcome to D&D Indeed, the Dinner Party Roleplaying Podcast. I'm your host and Dungeon Master James Russell, and with me today is Chelsea Rebecca. Hi, Chelsea. Hi. Okay, I don't know if you guys could hear that noise in the background that started just as you hit record, <laughs> but in my, I'm worried it just sounds like I'm peeing. It's the oh, fridge. Defrosting? We're defrosting a, a fridge. Yeah, they, yeah. There's there's a lot of weird context to this episode. <laughs> yeah. So here's the here's what's going on right now. The setup is very odd. So if you listen to our other podcast, the Dead Meat Podcast, you know James and I just moved. We just bought a house, and surprise, we're having the Gressels move in with us for the time being so that we can have a little social pod because I don't know moving into a house is a big life event and it really sucks when you can't share it with anyone <laughs> you're <laughs> like my family can't come see it no yeah, one I know can sucks it really sucks like our both our families are kind are pretty distraught it's, it's like such a big life event and we can't share it with mm-hmm. anyone so next best thing is having our friends move in and basically live above our garage, <laughs> which is like the most like on brand thing. I feel like it's so funny. I don't remember if this was on anything. I don't think it was. I think it was just in conversation. Yeah. But when Dead Meat got to like 100,000 subs, I joked with you guys about like living above your garage. Really? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's happening. So. We're at, and then also we are still technically social distancing because mm-hmm. like James and I just got tested for COVID. We just want to make sure we're all we're all good before we fully, you know, social pod mask off. Right. So we're sitting awkwardly far apart <laughs> and I have in a big echoey room. Yeah. And I have a cardboard box desk again. This has been a trend for <laughs> all of my podcasts lately. But uh, yeah, so that's what's going on. Yeah, so this is a this is a unique one, but it is also the first episode of this show that we've recorded at all in person since the middle of March. It's so <laughs> fucked up. It's so weird. It's so weird. Yeah, but easier we, to set up. Yeah, yeah. It's so <laughs> it, I I didn't have to send out a Zoom invite, and it felt like I was skipping a step. Yeah. Um. But uh. We're doing it. Yeah. We're doing it. So I hope we sound okay. Um, I will work later to make sure that we sound okay. But uh, in the meantime, let's, I guess, let's just go. So yeah. we're going to talk about Zabbis, um, about uh, where Zabbis is at at the end of season three, about what you want to do going forward with season four. And one other thing I want to talk about with you that I've been really excited to, to pick your brain about is the cult of the goat. Uh huh. Um. So, because that's something that I want to uh, bring into the into the world a little bit more. So, um, I guess just to start, like, is there anything, anything that you've been thinking about at all with Zabis or with how things have been going before we talk about uh, the wild magic, which is something that everybody has been commenting about and stuff. So, yeah. I mean. <sighs> I feel like I can slowly tell that he's getting a little more mature. Mm-hmm. Um, not even intentionally. Like, I haven't really intentionally set any arc for him. I've just been kind of going with what feels right. Because I, I don't know. For me, it, I think it would be difficult to be like, oh, this is where I see Zavis going, or this is, like, what I want to do with this character. But then, because of the nature of 
what D&D is. I don't know, like, what's the actual story? Like, mm-hmm. I think it's tough to just come up with an arc for a character and try to just plaster that on top of whatever story happens. Yeah, so. I, I think that, you know, those have kind of happened as we've gone and we've, you know, picked up things for other characters as they've gone to kind of create the arcs. And it just so happens that we happen to have had one that finished. Mm-hmm. But it was it was by accident. It wasn't anything that like even though Joel and I talked about Juno maybe retiring way back. Hey, Lucy. Um, Lucy's also here now. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we didn't plan it. It just happened. So I don't think that's anything that we really need to to worry about. And and another thing, too, with Zabbis and I went and listened to the last one of these that we did two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um. That's not what Zavis's role is, mm-hmm. you know, like, like I, I've messaged our, you know, the show group chat a million times while editing that one of my favorite things is like a Zavis reaction shot. <laughs> like, and, and that is really what I think that, it, that Zavis is more there for is a little bit more of a supporting role. And, and yeah. if that's something that you're cool with. Yeah. Like. I think, you know, inevitably he's going to change just because, like, we're recording this over the span of years. Mm-hmm. But I'm also kind of enjoying, yeah, like you said, almost a side character or a... Like, I don't know. I, I There's always something I appreciate about characters that feel a bit more static. Like, you know what you're going to get. Because sometimes... I'm trying to think of, of course, I'm going to Venture Brothers. I was too. I'm literally trying to think of an example of like a character on Venture Brothers where they're reliably the same. Like Rusty mm-hmm. barely changes. Mm-hmm. The The boys change a ton, but Rusty, yeah, I mean, he changes, but still it's not as so dramatic, you know? Mm-hmm. There's some characters in that show where like because everyone else changes so much, you kind of need some characters to like be, you know... Like the tent poles that kind of where it's yeah. like you can rely on them being pretty static and the same, if that makes any sense. Uh, it does. I, I was thinking. Or like Mad Men. I'm trying to think of his. I mean, Stan never really changed. I mean, Stan's kind of Stan. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he became less, weirdly less Don of an is yeah, such like true. an unchanging force. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Um, I, I was thinking about Venture Brothers, too, because to me, like. The, or, you know, who's a good example is the uh, pirate camp captain. Oh, yeah. That, you know, he doesn't he changes without changing. Yeah. Like, there's not any need for him to have like this crazy arc. Mm-hmm. He's just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He's always funny. He's yeah. always there. He's still, he's still, yeah, his role changes, but he doesn't really change. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's a really good, um, comparison. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, I think that works for Zavis. Like, Zavis is there and doing his thing. Yeah. Um, that's so much more fun for me, too, I think, is like, you know, I, I feel like I've, I'm in a comfortable spot with how I play this character and mm-hmm. like I don't have much desire to push it in a direction one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Like there's, I don't know. And I think maybe to some people, if you're playing a character and you're feeling like, I don't know where I could go with this, 
that might be really unsatisfying. But to me, I'm in like a very com- it's like an old comfy couch. Mm-hmm. Like I don't <laughs> like I don't need to do anything new with it or like force it to be different just to like for you know just for the sake of it mm-hmm. if that makes sense for sure i i think you know there are five of us now and everybody kind of plays a little bit differently mm-hmm. you know and i think that that's something that makes this game so good and also something that i think is really beneficial to our story is that everybody contributes something different everybody's playing a different instrument mm-hmm. you know and and i think that that's that's great and to our benefit um you know if we had five main characters that would get crazy yeah for yeah. sure like five characters that are all going on these extremely poignant like yeah, main character style right. journeys. It's so much. Yeah. <laughs> like the reason that, you know, classic hero's journey, like, okay, Star Wars is so effective is you have a character like Luke who changes a ton, but you also have to have like Han, yeah. <laughs> who just is Han the entire and, and, time. And like Chewbacca. Where you like C3PO is yeah, just reliably right. annoying the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know. Uh, and I think that that, you know, I think that that's great. So, um, I, I think that you had some really great moments in season three. Um, the lava runner was hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and, uh, and very funny. Someone I saw on the Reddit recently posted like lava rock cookies where it's like red dough wrapped in black dough and then as they bake they crack oh my god i need to go look at that yeah i I, I never look at the dnd dnd subreddit i don't know why i forget if we've talked about this before or not for some reason like i'll look at the dead meat subreddit every once in a while and that for some reason to me makes me less terrified than the dnd and d subreddit i don't know why (laughs) i think maybe i don't know why i take like critique or criticism of this fictional character I play more personally than like <laughs> Chelsea's bad at a podcast. Like, you know, like, like critiques on literally me as a person hosting this other podcast. First, I don't know why it makes no sense. I don't know. Maybe it's almost just the idea of being a like, like creating a character. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like a, well, if you know, if you don't, like the you know this other podcast i do that's maybe a style thing maybe you don't like me whatever there's not much i can change about that but it's like there's something about me yeah create like having someone critique your creation feels so Mm -hmm. much more personal like a fictional creation performance you're acting Yeah, yeah there's something more vulnerable about that i think rather than like Oh, I found the research on episode 108 of the podcast <laughs> to be lacking in this one. Like, that's like, whatever, I can deal with that. And I, it doesn't, like, bother me on a personal level. But for some reason, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird thing. It is weird. It's, it's you know, and I don't, I don't go on the Reddit a lot because I don't want to see any people. You don't want the lost effect. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. So. Um, you know, I'll I'll just kind of look at headlines and and the lava cookies, where it's a fine post for me to look at. But oh, yeah, I want to go look at those now. It is one of those things where it is, it's very much like, 
well, wait, well, hey, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, be nice. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think you know. Oh, is she getting in? I just don't want her to drink the. Yeah, I don't, she'd huh? have to really try to get in that bucket. Okay, don't drink the fridge water. <laughs> oh, Lucy. Um, but yeah, as as a um, I I think that, you know. Just going about your thing as Zabbis is is the right way, from my perspective, to play Zabbis. Yeah, I, I, that's yeah. And I yeah, for a while I almost felt insecure about that again. That's why I just never ever like I avoid the subreddits because I'm just so weirdly insecure about playing a character and being a character. And yeah, I think for a while I I just maybe was a bit uncertain in feeling like is it okay to just be comfortable with where this character is and not really want to take them on this big arc because mm-hmm. they don't really feel like that kind of character to me mm-hmm. <laughs> like the way that I play Zavis I'm not in the headspace of a character where they are gonna have a big emotional journey like that just doesn't feel mm-hmm. right at all it would be so forced to me and I think just coming to like accept that and and understanding that that also works for you as a storyteller mm-hmm. like as a as a dm like if you're not like ripping your hair out where not- you know everyone else is having these like really profound journeys and i'm just still like dicking around and like making stupid jokes about the circumstances and just being a teenage boy not not at all i think you know, like I said, I think it would get crazy if if all of you were trying to have these giant stories. Yeah, you know that would be it. It would be a nuts thing to keep track of, and also I think it would probably be detrimental to the story overall because you need these other roles. You know, mm-hmm. there's a reason why stories are structured this way. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that um, like some of the best, some of my personal favorite moments are the little Zabbis moments that don't mean anything and are only funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because that 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 injects that kind of, like, venture quality mm-hmm. to our world, which is something that I've always... I, I'm always kind of chasing that venture level. Yeah. You know? Ugh. I know, and it... Uh... Is this the first time we've recorded since it got canceled? I think so. The first time you and I have, for sure. It's fucked up. I can't believe they they did us like that. I know. So fucked. For anyone listening who's wondering what we're talking about, we're talking about the the Adult Swim series Venture Brothers. Yeah. uh, Which was recently, unfortunately, canceled. Like, imagine, okay, if you're super invested in this podcast, imagine that this podcast has been going on since 2005, and, <laughs> and you wait several years between seasons, and it's all, yeah, one one season left, and, the, like, confirmed there's one season left. It's going to wrap up everything. It's going to answer all the questions you've had about this story for, like, 15 years, and then Gressel decides, no, we're not <laughs> doing not. the rest. <laughs> not even Gressel. Now it would be, yeah, like it would, it would be like someone above me. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It'd be uh, our boss being like, nah, we're, no, we're good. Yeah, no thanks. Oh, oh, oh devastating. Man. And it, and it rebounded in such a good way. We we don't need to talk about my We know. could, we could do. It's just, <laughs> oh man, I feel like the. 
was right around the same time that like I think RBG died too. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think like, it was. Oh my god, there's just so much going on. What else on. could happen this weekend? Yeah, oh. for sure. But it's yeah, ridiculous. Uh, but th- but they they did such a great job of having these incredibly vivid characters mm-hmm. even if they were small characters or even if they were supporting characters like fucking pete white never had an arc yeah you know like but was great through the whole thing you know like mm-hmm. and and i think that and in and, and you know integral to the to the to the team and everything you know and and i think that that's kind of that's kind of zabbis's deal because the other thing too you know, I was listening uh, to to our our first table for two, where we talked a little bit about Zavis's background and how you know it's not a very solid backstory, which is fine. But he's got this folk hero background, whatever. And if you really think about it, Zavis went off on his own to find an adventure and did it. Yeah, you're done. I did it. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. You know, so I think that that's. That's kind of your arc is like now you're doing the thing that you set out to do. You're just on on the ride. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's fine. That's the motivation. You're on the adventure and the adventure for the adventure's sake is all it is. Yeah. Um, And that's, you know, that's good. And and we'll cut to Zabbis for a thumbs up and it'll be hilarious every time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Uh, that being said though, I do want to at least explore. Yeah. His, his like magical abilities maturing and mm-hmm. like being better at being a magic user. And that will also reconcile the fact that as I continue to level up um, the wild magic system we've set up will be impossible at the rate that we're going <laughs> where I roll what it's like if it's a level four spell I have a 40% chance 40% of it, chance, it like all, yeah. yeah so it's like if I start to level up if I ever want to cast a really cool spell like level six I we, can't have a 60% no, chance of- <laughs> we did say that we would cap it at 40 but nonetheless it did get um, it's per, a lot. It did get pretty out of hand, and then it, oh, we is, said yeah, I forgot we said we cap it. This, but yeah, this is a great segue because one of the things that people, listeners, have brought up, um, is that you know people didn't understand that we made wild magic stronger because we thought it would be funnier. It is, yeah, yeah. Like we, yeah, uh, we discussed this last time. Mm-hmm. I think like it is funnier. Yeah, and then like we, it's like house rules, right. But also, at a point, I do want to be able to cast yeah. stuff. So we have a couple options for that, and I want to get your uh, opinion on how we want to do it because we could go back to we could go back to the rules as written version, which is that at my discretion, um, I think once a, once per day or something like that, I could have you roll a twenty when you cast a spell, and if it's a one, it's a wild magic surge, mm. um, which would severely decrease the yeah. Or we could, you know, maybe knock it down to where, like, you have a blanket 20% chance and the spell the spell you want to cast also happens. That sounds better than yeah. how it's intended. Because how it's intended is, there's it doesn't seem like there's much of a chance for it. 
No, which it would, is not as fun. Right. It would be it's it would be much more rare and um I think especially because we've established Sabbath as a very wild wild magic user. Mm-hmm. It would feel weird to go that hard the other way. Yeah, like when did I get that good? Yeah. <laughs> like when did that happen? But I definitely think it would track that you've, you know, gained all this experience and and, you know, knowledge and and uh, you know, new power and everything. So now you have a little bit better handle on it. You also encountered um and I don't think this shoe ever dropped. But you did also encounter that wild magic source when you guys fought the mushroom. Yeah. So that could have, like, you know, helped you, help Zabbis get a, a handle on things, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so there are plenty of story reasons why we could dial things back a little bit. So I think because we don't want to totally nerf it and wild magic is fun... If we go like blanket 20% and your intended spell also goes through. I think that's So it would better, be wild yeah. magic on top of. So when you mean blanket 20, like level one, is that true? I guess one, you could still keep it at Okay, 10. or like cantrips. Cantrips I mean, are always zero. Yeah, yeah. Cantrips always go through. And I think, you know, and that's something, you know, like, um, Especially with the warlock side of things, there are some really powerful cantrips there. So, so I don't want to to at all handcuff you on cantrips. Um, so I guess it would just be ten for one, and then twenty for everything else. Okay. Um, I'm just watching Lucy slowly inchworm herself to like she's laying on the ground and just like undulating (laughs) towards you because she's so lazy. She was doing that yesterday. She was just like army crawling. Um, Uh, But yeah, so we can do that with your wild magic. And then that that takes some of the, um, you know, that'll allow you to be a little bit more fast and loose with your... um, higher level spells yeah because i find lately i'm thinking like this last season i've Mm -hmm. been a little gun shy yeah like there's you know i think like what are we at level nine what level spells do i have four okay that's what i thought yeah like level four spells i those are like once in a while i Mm -hmm. use those and i like to use them more for sure (laughs) because there's some cool ones yeah definitely also man i need to make sure to pick some spells that aren't like ranged (laughs) because they're all they all are like like area of effect yeah they're all just like nukes like Mm -hmm. it's they're just you annihilate everyone in a 50 foot (laughs) area (laughs) which is like i want to be able to do magic and not have to worry about killing do like one thing yeah yeah Yeah, we can we can do that there's there's a lot of uh options now at your disposal and we'll we'll find some good ones yeah um with with the magic side of things, uh, there's also, you know, you're a sorcerer, yes, and and you know the wild magic is a big part of that. You know, we've uh, and, and and I think that this will address that side of things so that you feel freer, hopefully, to um, uh, you know, use some of those other spells. But there's also the warlock side of things, mm-hmm. and um. With that comes your patron deity, 
the 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 goat. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we originally conceived of this idea, it started as like, oh, a Black Philip joke, and then it became like the greatest of all time thing, and we joked mm-hmm. about like you know him showing up as different like goats from yeah. from our world. Um, I want to, and and I want to talk to you about if this is something that at all is interesting to you. I want to expand the cult of the goat into like a bigger part of the world. Yeah, that'd and, be so fun. Yeah, because we did when when we did the uh, the bridge episode with you and James, mm-hmm. and you went to that concert. <laughs> yeah, you had him like show up, and they had you had the like adversaries with the knights of mediocrity. <laughs> yeah, you know that's right. Yeah, the tenacious D <laughs> like music video storyline. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So I and and of course there's there's Hercule out there in the world yeah. too. So um I wanna just kind of talk to you a little bit about like what like does that sound fun? And is there anything bubbling up uh, you know, to mind that could be fun to play around with that and how weird would you like to get with it? Like, like, what is the goat's goal? Like, if he is the greatest of all time, mm-hmm. what does that mean? And what does it mean for you to be a follower of that? Oh, man. Well, because that's the thing is when we whenever we pick like, OK, who is he going to show up as or she? I guess the goat can show up <laughs> yeah. as a she. I'm, and that, that's like where I was thinking that's a bit of a dilemma because like well what is the goat to if you ask people like okay who's the goat mm-hmm. of I don't know well I was going to say hockey but I'm like no that's just Wayne Gretzky mm-hmm. <laughs> or like you know like there's some words like no okay there's actual there's like some pretty objective answers to some of those but then you get into like weird murky areas where it's like okay well who's the goat like I don't know, metal guitar, or like sure, guitarist yeah. or... Yeah, guitar, yeah, guitar. I was going to say metal guitar. That might just be Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, recency bias in it. That's true. Eddie, but, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, people are always going to have opinions and people are always going to argue about who they think is the greatest. Basketball is a really popular yeah. argument of like, is it, is it Jordan? Is it Kobe? Is it LeBron? You know? Yeah. Um, you know, or is it Larry Bird? Right. Like there's <laughs> I don't know if anybody would really <laughs> think Larry Bird. Either. Um but uh you know there's there's plenty of uh um you know room for argument or whatever and do we want to play around with that or yeah, yeah. And that's what I kinda like about it because it's this idea of there's not really an objective measurement of greatness. Because mm-hmm. even within like sports from my understanding especially if you look at shit like i don't know baseball mm-hmm. where it's like what set of stats mm-hmm. is the most important to you yeah and determines what makes someone the best of all time mm-hmm. because depending on who you ask again from my understanding different things indicate what makes someone truly great mm-hmm. like you could ask someone who the greatest pitcher of all time is and they'll say some random person you've never heard of Mm -hmm. and like but here's why and Uh let me explain and they go into like 
you know, some, I just was watching this documentary about the Mariners, which is very good, uh, <laughs> by SB Nation on YouTube. But that one is even like, here's all these underrated players that I consider the greatest of all time. And here's why. So it's just like the subjective nature of being the greatest and how like truly everyone that's can really be the greatest. It's like yeah. such a Bill and Ted, like everyone can be the greatest. <laughs> all that, yeah. Oh, that's of, super cool. Yeah. Like, you know, there's not really like who you think is the goat is different from. So it's like a oh, and that fits perfectly the because shows up differently for everyone yeah, too. Yeah, like the for goat me, is always changing. Yeah, like I, I literally like last night I was sending you bits of this Orson Welles interview mm-hmm. I was reading that were absolutely delightful. Like Orson Welles to me is like I would consider he's a, a goat. He's a yeah, like yeah. he. How could he not be? He's like, for a, sure. like top tier writer, director, like yeah. just everything. Yeah. But, you know, that might be different for someone else. But for I would love like for me, like if the goat were to show up to me, Chelsea, like Orson Welles would totally be one of its uh, <laughs> one of its embodiments. Yeah. yeah. Fox would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love this. I love this idea of this shape shape shifting deity. Yeah. Who's just trying to inspire people to fulfill their potential yeah yeah and being like great at stuff Mm -hmm. and like that doesn't mean like objectively the best no because it's not the best of all it's not boat it's goat (laughs) it's like being the greatest not the objective best which i like yeah that's really that's really good i think that that's really cool it's Um, like the least deep D- like this is this is so like not uh I just think of of D D lore like if I were inventing a god right now there'd be I don't know if you, if you just look at the D D guides of the backgrounds of different deities and stuff it's all very mystical and arcane mm-hmm. and I'm just like well what if it's a god who's just good at stuff <laughs> I just want you to be good at stuff like unapologetically good yeah at something and that's it like there's not any sin like I don't think there's anything sinister to it or like untoward Mm -hmm. it's just like pretty chill yeah it's not like a weird ayn rand thing yeah yeah and i wonder if maybe the sinister like because it's like goats have sinister connotations like the Mm -hmm. animal like there is like it's a satanic imagery Mm -hmm. but i wonder if that almost is like a that could be a nod to the idea of like you know because we were both raised christian both raised catholic Mm -hmm. and there's this idea that being like focused on the self mm-hmm. and wanting to be great is very sinful like mm-hmm. you know it's like wanting to elevate yourself is mm-hmm. you're dedicating time energy whatever to yourself and not to god and it's mm-hmm. there's something very uh you know that's considered sinister mm-hmm. and maybe there's an association there with like something a little satanic is this idea of like no i'm gonna invest in myself and make myself awesome and maybe that's why it's like the goat but there's actually nothing really bad about it it's just (laughs) it's just that's how we're conditioned as you know that that at least was our background with yeah religion stuff growing up not even saying that would be baked into the world i'm just saying that's something that i just thought of that's kind of interesting yeah and like it's it's also something with like um, you know, in in the world that we have that we that we play in here, where you've got this like one of the big villains is this, you know, um, you know, big 
uh, corporation that's trying to kind of become this monopolistic force that would shut any kind of individual individuality out. Yeah. You know, because it it's not benefiting them. Yeah. You know. That's interesting. So Yeah, I'm on the right track then I feel like yeah. With, uh, yeah, where it's like a cuz yeah, you even mentioned it's like the was it the Dutch Dutch East India Dutch East Company. India Company. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure if you're going for Dutch East or British. I mean the British event I mean, it's both all. Yeah, yeah, it's all not great. Yeah. Um but yeah, that's like the beginning of corporations essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's cool. I I like that. I think that that's something that that we can have a lot of fun with um sprinkling in as we go on. Mm-hmm. You know, like like we we talked about earlier, like, you know, this is it's not going to be Zabbis isn't going to have some sort of big storyline where he becomes like the goat. Cap- right. Capital T, capital G O A T. Yeah. But that's just kind of something that I think can play out in the background as you know, he's a young man for an elf. Um, mm-hmm. He's just trying to kind of figure things out. Yeah. And part of it can even just be like, you can admire, or in my case, <laughs> worship, like the goat. <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what you want to be. And, he, and he, in fact, if you're part of like a uh, cult like a religion or not a cult if you worship like a deity you and you don't you don't worship them because you want to be them it's right. just you want there's qualities about them that you admire so it's not even that he wants to be like the greatest blank of all mm-hmm. time it's just like no there's qualities about that they that think are cool and that's something to emulate but not like necessarily something to like that's not the end mm-hmm. and all be all of everything right yeah cool that's a lot of fun um is that something because something i've you know i i've done mike and beth and i i i talked to them a little bit about what they want how they want to play their characters moving forward and how we can give uh how i can support the way that they want to play so like for i don't you probably haven't listened to to the other two but um like I gave Mike some new storm abilities, mm-hmm. and Beth is getting a new, um, a new. We're playing with old people language, where it's going to give her some power, mm-hmm. um, some abilities that because she doesn't have magic and stuff. So I want to talk about t- to that end. Now that we have this better kind of idea of what your uh, warlock patron is, and we've kind of uh, solved the wild magic thing. I want to talk about how you like to play the game, mm-hmm. what you like, what it, what a fun session is for you, and how I can help to support that mm-hmm. and and work in things that, um, you know, make it so that you have fun. Cho- you can make fun choices because you have fun tools at your disposal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to think, like, the most fun sessions that I like the the ones where I feel like the most engaged are the ones where like there's so much room for us to fuck everything up mm-hmm. and not like fuck up story wise but just like like I don't know I even think of it's all the boat episode like the boat <laughs> stuff is like you know where it's just like 
Or even like the mushroom episode mm-hmm. where it's just us failing so hard. Like just ones like that where you just give us like a set piece to play in mm-hmm. and we play with it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like there's lots of like objects to mess around with. And I think about like, um, like y- you guys, I feel like it's, it's, always happened with you and Mike and James where you're in a place and you can just explore it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's going to be a situation where, like, there's weird stuff behind that door that's going to be totally unexpected. And, you know, like, a, like, a, like the, the, um... The mansion where with with the Goopies and Rupert and everything, yeah, and Sherry and Jaren, Sherry and Jaren, Sh- Jerry and Sharon, yeah, <laughs> um, where you know, like you you guys did something absolutely bonkers there, but it didn't change the story any. The story the story got mm-hmm. to where it needed to go. Yeah, yeah, that's what I love mm-hmm. is like opportunities where we can like feel like we're just blowing it all up, but it's really story-wise there's like no (laughs) like there's no impact really to Mm -hmm. like that's just my favorite stuff to do is Mm -hmm. just yeah being given like big areas to play in and like set pieces and stuff um mechanically on like your turns or uh, even out of combat with like abilities and stuff that you can do is there anything uh, that you can think of that you had like anything that you've wanted to do that maybe you haven't been able to or like any kind of like roadblocks that you've come up to that it's like oh it'd be cool if I could do this but I don't see on my sheet how to do that or or whatever like you know like Zabbis has the robe that is something like is there something because, you know, I don't want to give... Because James is going to get things, too, that I think, unless he's told you, is still a secret. Oh, shit. And, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't even think we'll talk about it in our our um, our one-on-one, because I, it might be something that I want to keep very secret. But uh, Oh, God, okay. Um, so James is going to get things. Mike and Beth got things. Is there something that you... That would, that would make the game more fun that would be in a a, something that we could give to Zabbis. I um, want more magic that isn't destructive. More non-destructive magic. Yeah, especially okay. like like situational I, kind of stuff. Yeah, situate or just you know the the farther I go along a warlock path, like just more mystical shit would be fun. Like mm. I want to feel more in tune with the magic I have, and that could also like going back to you know, maturing with mm-hmm. my powers and so like I want to feel a bit more in tune with it and feel a bit more mastery of it. And I guess in that I mean like, yeah, just less destructive stuff and more, you know I'm trying to think. What if like like warlock stuff it just seems fun. Like I just want to like do like goth shit. <laughs> yeah, no. Um what if like uh cause like you know Zabbis is very magical and something what what if you you could like sense magic like I'm trying to think of how we can what how we can get mystical with it like yeah you know so I'm trying to like 
I almost wonder if we can start to play because like since Zabbos is a sorcerer, he's just mm-hmm. always had magic powers. And right. I feel like part of that is he just is kind of like almost flipping about it. Sure. Like it's just something he takes for granted and mm-hmm. he's a teenager. So, you know, but I wonder if going along with developing these kind of warlock abilities, that maybe feels a bit more earned and maybe I have some more pride in that and I get a bit more into the, you know, the lore behind it and into like like get like feeling like there's some purpose to it instead of just like yeah this mm-hmm. is some bullshit i can do and i've always known how to do this and right. i don't really feel like working too hard to improve it but now that i maybe have a renewed sense of like almost responsibility and realizing oh this is something that i've kind of done myself like i've chosen. given myself yeah, yeah like i've chosen and mm-hmm. i mean and that was like Lucy, stop eating random stuff. <laughs> um, and that was even something like that came up on the like the island storyline is the idea of like sorcery actually being looked down upon because you didn't do anything to earn it mm-hmm. versus like wizardry where it's like study. Yeah. And yeah. so therefore it's more admired, which is an interesting take on that. So maybe there's something that I kind of Maybe if not intentionally, that just like warmed its way into my brain a little bit. Whereas this idea of like, oh, I can have some more like pride and and feeling of like, you know, I deserve to be proud of this thing that I possess because I was able to, yeah, give that to myself instead of, yeah, just, you know, innate ability, which is whatever. That's that's really interesting. I I think so. I'm looking at um the charts for uh sorcerer and warlock, and we'll we're leveling up. Um, you know, it's as part of going into the next season. You guys did did the quest for season three, and you get to level up. That's how it works. Um, so you get to choose if you can level if you level in either sorcerer or um warlock but it seems like from what you were just saying there that you're you're maybe leaning warlock if you went warlock you would be a third level warlock and a seventh level sorcerer and at third level warlock you get something called a pact boon a what a pact boon so you made a pact with your you know your deity that gives you these powers and you get a ability the your patron bestows upon you a gift of an ability and there are options as written in D&D but now I'm almost thinking maybe we should come up with our own oh interesting I kind of want to know what the options are well here are the options are and if any of these strike and this makes them I think let's go war like just because like everything we've been talking about has been very warlock yeah for me it would be like no, nah, but let's just keep, you know, like, we had such a nice discussion about the warlock side of things. Right. Yeah, let's, that feels, to me, like, you know, for any kind of character journey that I'm going to have, there's more, like, that grabs me more than, like, trying to continue forcing some kind of, like, exploration of my sorcerer powers like for like sure, the, the yeah, warlock okay. stuff i'm like okay this feels more yeah like i'm building a story here and there's something there's more you know something a bit 
meteor there. Yeah, yeah, cool. I I I am fully on board with that. I think yeah. that's great. Um, your the options as written, you can choose from Pact of the Blade, Pact of the Chain, or Pact of the Tome, uh, and they all do different things. The Blade doesn't really seem very va- uh, Zabbos to me. You you basically get like a magical weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can use your action to create a packed weapon in your empty hand. Uh, you can transform one magic weapon in your packed one by performing a ritual. Um, I mean, yeah, but you you get a fancy magic weapon, and that doesn't really seem yeah Zabbos. Uh, packed of the chain, you get a familiar. Oh shit! Yeah, see, that's tempting. <laughs> And Pact of the Tome, you get a grimoire called a Book of Shadows. Oh, that's cool, too. Uh, You choose three cantrips from any class. Oh, cool. And you can always cast those spells. Oh. Um, What do you mean by always cast? Like, like they don't take... uh, While this book is on your person, you can cast those cantrips at will. They don't take spell slots. They don't... You can just cast them whenever you want. Like, I don't have to be in combat. I can just... You can just cast them whenever you want. Uh, they fun. don't count against your number of cantrips known. Uh, they don't appear if they don't appear on the warlock spell list. They are nonetheless warlock spells to you. Um, if you lose your book, you can make a new one uh, with a ceremony, uh, and the book turns to ash if you die. Um, so that could, so that could open up some new magical choices because they could be from any class yeah so we could try to find some fun cantrips from you know wizard or druid or cleric or any of the other spellcasting bard any of the other spellcasting class says um or uh you get you could get a familiar um a la hercule and paulette the pseudo dragon i love paulette um so there are a couple choices, or we could try to find, or we could try to come up with. Um, What's the, what are the parameters for a familiar? Like what is what do you what does it do? Or just like what what yeah, like when you look at that section right now on the guide, because I can't just be like I want a full size <laughs> dragon. No 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 no. Um, you as written, and you know if if there's anything, if we want to play around with this within reason, I'm totally open to that. But as written, it's. You gain the service of a familiar, a spirit that takes the uh, an animal form that you choose from the, the this list of bat, cr- cat, crab, frog, or toad, hawk, lizard, octopus, owl, poisonous snake, fish, rat, raven, seahorse, spider, or weasel. Um, that is the spell as written. Uh, the pact gives you a choice of either any of those or... Imp, pseudo dragon, quasit, or sprite. What's a quasit? A quasit is like a. I don't um, like the idea of having any humanoid. <laughs> for, like that's fucked up. I it's, mean, it's kind of like it's kind of like a demonic version of a sprite. It's like a little tiny horned, gross, <laughs> like lizard oh, cre- man, creature no, thing. Sucks. Um. Yeah. Oh man. That list had octopus on it. Oh my god, Chelsea! If you pick an octopus, I kind of okay. But how would you carry in the octopus with you? Like it would just float around next to me. It would float. It would be like yeah. Bloop, bloop, bloop. 
It'd be like like a round. <laughs> It'd be like um, I don't know. I can't. <laughs> I can't think of anything. I, I keep thinking like Mario. Yeah, like. It, so it would be it would be a floating op- octopus. You wouldn't have like a jug of water that no, it would live in, and then no. it would crawl around, and then it would go back to its jug of water. No, that would be so miserable for that octopus. <laughs> I just, I mean, yeah, as long as it, it's it's a familiar, it's magic. Sure. It could just be a floating thing. Oh, my God. An octopus. Um, so what it can do is it acts independently of you, but it always obeys your commands. In combat, it rolls its own initiative and acts on its own turn. Uh, it can't attack, but it can do other things. When the familiar drops to zero, it disappears. It reappears after you cast the spell again. So if, it can die, but you can bring it back. Um, and uh, you can, be as a warlock with this pact, you can have it attack instead of one of your attacks. Um, so you could, be, you could sick this octopus on people. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you can communicate with it telepathically. Additionally, you can see through your familiar's eyes and hear what it hears until the start of your next turn, gaining the benefits of any special senses that the familiar has. Um, during this time, you're deaf and blind, so you basically, like, you know, your eyes you roll back. Warg, and you're, yeah. yeah. you warg, exactly, you warg into it. Um, yeah, so that's a possibility, if that at all interests you. I mean, it does because I'm still really bitter. Mourning the Dumbo of, octopus. Over the Dumbo octopus. How did that? Where that? Was that wild magic? No. What where happened? Where the fuck did that thing come from? You were escaping the deserted island that you were sent to after uh, the the shadow hands turned Jason Chone into that monster. Yeah. And as you were escaping, he monster Jason was chasing you. And James, who could who can speak to small beasts, asked sea creatures to slow him down. And when the sea creatures attacked the monster, the monster killed the Dumbo octopus. Yeah. Oh my God! Can like? Can you call that? Like Dumbo I just octopus? have always felt. I just for some reason felt such like a attachment immediately to that specific dumb block to put and like that weird bond that i'm still like mad about <laughs> is like the force that makes it my familiar like it's a ghost octopus i oh my god that is hilarious because you also have marta. marta yeah oh my I'm god just, i'm just having this ghost this ghost octopus this spirit of this specific yeah, octopus like it glows in the dark or something. <laughs> it just looks like a like a key like a glowy keychain or something <laughs> oh man that's up to you but that's kind of what i want i like the idea of yeah having this ghost army which is now would be two things that is <laughs> great much of an army i i i kind of love that too 
Uh, yeah, if 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 you want to go with that, we can go with that. Yeah, although it's weird because like, do I technically already have a familiar? Because Marta, although well, Marta's, Marta's more, a magic item, Marta's just yeah, yeah. Marta, Marta's, Marta's like, her own thing. Yeah, it's fun. I just imagine like I dream of Genie, you know, where like mm-hmm. Genie goes back into the lamp and it's like a little like sixties like pad, <laughs> and like Marta has like a like a. I don't know, like a what? Fuck. In her void, she has yeah, something. Yeah, like I forget what they called them in Game of Thrones. Like the, not like a privy chamber, but like a oh the solar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like what she's got in there. <laughs> her old, uh, like ancient. Uh, yeah, like a uh, th- uh, this hasn't come out yet, but um, it, I over the summer I've been working really hard on um expanding the the mythology of the world and everything and her marta's people uh from talon um are kind of you know originally they were inspired by england with english food Mm -hmm. um but as i was working on like the history of the world and everything i kind of combined england and rome so Mm -hmm. like yeah that makes sense yeah empire yeah so they were they're very warlike people, which we, you know, learned in season two, but what we haven't really found out yet is that um They're just like the Gauls. Yeah. They at one point they controlled a huge swath of this world and then their empire fell. And Marta would have been from the time in which they had this huge empire. Oh, okay. so she so she goes into her her staff void and it's like this, you know, like Roman bathhouse or whatever. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Um Yeah, because I I love the idea of having a familiar and I just, yeah, I'm just kind of always trying to define like what even is, because Marta, I feel like, yeah, she just hangs out. Like Mm -hmm. she just like, yeah, she just tags along, I feel like, but she's got her life. I I (laughs) I hate the idea of like, oh no, I'm responsible for this ghost. I feel like once she's, no, you know, when she's, she's not summoned, she's like doing her own shit and like yeah, she's her weird chill. little pocket realm. You guys saved her from a, a nothingness. Yeah. Um. The, yeah. So um, I, there was a point, I, if any listeners are like, well, you said that Marta was was Zabbos's familiar. I, I did say that, but I said that protecting against the possibility that you may not get one. Oh, and I, I wanted see. to make sure that you felt like you still had that choice in case we went in a different direction or you in case you leveled only in sorcerer to get higher level spells and you didn't get to this choice. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if we can make a rule where like because we did have a thing where if I wanted to summon Marta, that would be like its own thing. But maybe I can just only have one of them out at a time. Because like, that would be ridiculous. Yeah, to keep track of, <laughs> like sure. I have three separate turns to play. <laughs> That's so, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that this is fun. And, and, and I think that the Dumbo octopus is very fun, too. Oh, man, I'll be so happy. I got to come up with, like, a name for it. For sure. Yeah, we don't have, we definitely don't have to do that now. Let me see what, what stats does an octopus have. Um... Oh, this is this is bullshit. They they have a okay. They have your, low intelligence. That's such bullshit. That is not how we're gonna do it. Your octopus will be very smart. Thank you, because they're so fucking smart. <laughs> it like makes me cry. They're so they're I, so intelligent. I also love. Uh, earlier, you were talking about how you wanted to be able to do 
more like situational magic. Yeah. Warging into an octopus. Yeah. Gives you a lot of options. Yeah. You know, because like the other thing too with octopus is like they can open shit. Oh yeah, and they can like and like they can fit through tiny fit through like stuff. Videos and, like, of octopuses mm-hmm. going through crazy small like holes and stuff is so cool. The the situational possibilities of an octopus yeah are really cool especially since like and it's amphibious yeah oh yeah that's cool and that's the thing that i at the beginning was complaining about how i have no magic that's like i just want like targeted stuff that isn't gonna just blow everything up this is the opposite of that like (laughs) octopus is small and will go through small places and do very specific tasks and that's that's cool yeah it's something different to do that's great um that's cool all right good that'll be so fun i gotta yeah i gotta come up with a name that is all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna pull up. i have to like random name generator because <laughs> i love like zavis was from random name generator a lot of names are from random a random name generator there's nothing wrong with a random name generator names or are i might really even hard. go with a because yeah hercule and paulette it's just French. <laughs> just French. Etienne the Octopus. <laughs> Gross, and I love the name Etienne. It's I, like the funniest name. It's such a funny name. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, okay. But yeah, I'll think about it. Although now I'm like kind of into the idea of Etienne. <laughs> so we're going to go... We're, we're going to level you up into Warlock. Uh, and you'll be Pact of the Chain. Um, so... We're gonna roll since we're doing this, we'll just roll your your health now. So warlock is a d8. I'll give you a, a d8 and I'll let you roll it. I, Lucy's over there, so I don't want to. Oh man, she's gonna be like, oh, I didn't. <laughs> I love that I caught that, so she has no idea. She's yeah. facing away. Oh, she's gonna hear it as soon as I roll it. Seven. Great. All right, seven. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh. Okay, so you are now up to 69 health. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, I think that's that you'll you'll get spells and stuff um uh with this at uh 3rd level as a 3rd level warlock. Your sorcerer spe- spells won't change. You can pick new ones if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can go over that, uh, you know, off mic because there's so many spells. Yeah. Um, but uh, your warlock options. Let me, because I think you're gonna get some new choices there, and I just want to take a look at um what some of the options are. Uh, blah, 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 warlock. So you're going to third. Yeah. So you have now you can know four warlock spells and you have two warlock spell slots in addition to your cantrips like eldritch blast that you can just blast off whenever you want mm-hmm. um i don't know why but for like just sitting here because i'm like just chilling here it's like just me and you doing this thing i can't see what you're doing on the computer and you're just like well, let's see yeah like let's see what you have access to i just got such an intense flashback to being in the guidance counselor's office in college <laughs> like 
here's what you can do to get your credits for next semester so you can graduate. Like, I just, that's what it felt like for some reason. Like, like here's your, like, Warlock slots that you can, here's your options here if you want to, like, minor in this. Oh, there are some cool ones, including, um, is this right? This might not be right. Fly? Yes, please let me fly. That sounds awesome. Uh, I gotta, I gotta double check that that you can cast these spells at this level, but um, but I don't know. We'll figure it out. And you've got some cool options. Um, yeah, I, I that's I think the octopus is really fun. Yep. Um, is there is there anything else? Um. Like, do you feel do you feel good about because that's like a game feature. It's not anything kind of like extra. Um, do, do you feel do you feel good about that? I don't want to feel I, w- I don't want you to feel shorted. No, I think that's fun compared to anybody else, you know, because we got. No, I get a pet. Like, I don't yeah. care. <laughs> Great. Um, There are a couple other things I just want to get kind of your perspective on for Zabbis. Um, the proficiency in vehicles, yeah, is a fun joke. Um, how proficient do you want Zabbis to be in vehicles? Like, because like oh, so far we've just made it so that like he can drive things if needed. But like, is he is is he a gearhead? Like, does he know how things work? Is that just like a weird part of Zabbis <laughs> that like he's actually like, oh, well, yeah, obviously this vehicle isn't going to work because you're missing the phalange that doesn't, you know, like, you know, I want to empower you to be able to do stuff like that if you encounter like a broken down vehicle or something like that. Oh, man, I haven't even thought about that. Sure. I mean, why would you? I don't. Or is it more fun? To not know. I almost think it's more fun to not... Because, like... Is it, like, his sorcerer magic where he just kind of knows? Well, I just think, like... I don't know. Like, I personally... Like, real life, I think I'm a pretty good driver. I'm very good at driving in bad weather and snow (laughs) and stuff. And... But, like, I can't fix a car. Sure. I don't fucking know any of that shit. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I just kind of thought of it like that. Where it's just this innate understanding. Just, you just know how to drive. Just, I get stuff. it. Yeah. Okay, that's that's fine because it, it would it would he does not seem like a mechanical. No, person. it just it doesn't feel yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and then uh, with with the whole like folk hero background, um, is that something that matters at all? Um. Like, you know, one thing that we've been doing with that I want to do in these is kind of place each character in the world now that we have the broader world and you guys are going to be exploring the broader world. Um, so, um, you know, we've we've established that, you know, Zabbis is a high elf, a moon elf um, from a community where he has a sense of being a folk hero, even though um, 
it was really just an accident that went right mm-hmm. and everybody just kind of went along with it to kind of get him out of their hair. Yeah. Um, do you have any interest in ever returning? Like, do you want to try to place Sabas's hometown somewhere or do you just not want to deal with that at all? <sighs> I, I feel like that could be something fun because I never really... Like, I'm I'm so bad at, like, coming up with character backstory. Like, I'm not, like, a fiction writer at sure, all. Yeah. So, like, coming up with that beyond the basic concept and, like, almost joke setup of, like, mm-hmm. you know. So I almost, like, it's tempting to, like, want to explore that mm-hmm. in world to then flesh out what exactly was the event that went so right on accident. Well, Well, then... Would you be okay with me kind of taking it as like an improv prompt for the rest of the team where like if you come, if you like, like if you guys decide to go to Zavis's, you know, home area, Mm -hmm. I would give you a heads up ahead of time. Yeah. Be like, hey, this is going to be Zavis's hometown. So like, here's some basic knowledge about it. And, you know however you want to play it play it and then i would just give you details uh, yeah i'd be know? down with that and then you kind of have to play along with it yeah however you want to in the moment if that's something that makes sense for where you want to take the story i'd be down with that i mean you know i don't nothing's set in stone and i don't want to you know i don't want to say for sure that we would get there or anything but um now that you guys are going to be have the potential, you know, season four, we're going to have a, a group call with with the five of us to talk about how things are going to be a little bit different. Um, but season four is going to be a lot more open world. Um, so if you guys do choose to go to the region that I'm kind of thinking like, well, this is where elves are. Um, you know, that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. And and I want to make sure that it doesn't feel weird if we if we're exploring the world, we go to some sort of, you know, like fancy elven city and, you know, that those elves don't react to Zabbos at all. Who's yeah. a fancy elf, you know, so I feel like there should be something, but I still want to keep it in that like loose, playful way that you like, you know. Lucy is trying it like is desperately trying to get to where Erica is. <laughs> Lucy, make up your fucking mind. Let her in, Erica. <laughs> I should leave all this in. <laughs> but yeah, I'd be yeah, I'm down with this. You know, just to kind of like play it more as a game yeah. than a backstory. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Uh, I think that's fun. Um trying to think if there's anything else really that we should go over. And I, I don't know if there is. Um is there anything you know, do you have any kind of like thoughts for season four um on your side and it you know can be zavis related or more general no i mean i feel like we've gone over yeah any concerns i have Mm -hmm. like i can't i can't think of anything else cool Um, yeah i feel like a bit like i have a bit 
more of a renewed sense of like, okay, this is what I'm going to be able to play with this season. You yeah. know, I feel a bit less aimless with it, which is good. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, um, talking about how you want to be able to do more situational stuff is, is great. I'll look at what spells are available to you and um, kind of like, uh, you know, g- give you some options for situational stuff. Because mm-hmm. there's definitely situational spells. And I think something that we can do more of is cast spells out of combat. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, you can cast a spell whenever you want. Yeah. It doesn't have to be your turn in combat to cast a spell. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I, just, yeah, all the spells I have right. are extremely, like, <laughs> there's no, <laughs> yeah, there's no uh, good ending for... Well, well, this is something that I think that we, we can... Um, if you're choosing spells, you don't need to rely so much on the big heavy damage spells because you have Eldritch Blast that can do pretty good damage every turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a little bit boring because, you know, it can get a little samey if you, you know, if you're just like Eldritch Blast, Eldritch Blast, Eldritch Blast. But on the other hand, Beth has to do the same thing every turn, too. Yeah. You know, like sometimes com- it's up to me to make combats interesting. It's not up to you guys necessarily. You mm-hmm. know, you can use your environment in, in interesting ways always. But as far as what you do turn to turn, um, you know, I, I got to create an environment that you guys can play in. And if it's just, you know, big, strong monster in a square room, mm-hmm. that's not fun for anybody. Mm-hmm. So, you know. We'll we'll find some fun ways to do that, but I think if you're choosing spells, uh, you know, as uh, when I give you a list of spells and you're choosing them, you don't have to don't think so much about like damage, damage, yeah. damage, because okay. you have that to fall back on. That's a cantrip. You can do that whenever you want, and that could be you know you could do twenty something damage every turn if you roll really good. Um, so and you know, Mike and Beth can do some pretty decent damage, and then James we'll get into when I talk to him, but he's going to have a lot more firepower at his disposal. He's going to be a level 10 bard. He's the straightest. Oh God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I think we can have a lot more fun with it. And I, and I think that your Etienne the octopus will give you, a, yeah, it's probably me. Etienne. <laughs> will give you a lot of options as well. Uh, and Marta too. Marta's a big, you know, has a big sword to swing. So, you you have you do have some choices that um that aren't always the damage spells you know but fireball has its place yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. um well cool I think that's uh I think that's about it uh be sure to follow us on social media at d and d and d pod on Twitter and d and d pod on Instagram or email us at d and d and d pod at gmail dot com uh starting October twenty eighth we'll be Spotify exclusive. Uh, all episodes will be only available on Spotify. Spotify is free. It's, uh, you can listen for free. That's not going to change. Um, but that is the only place to, uh, listen to the show. So get Spotify, get the app. Uh, it's a great app. I'm a big fan and, uh, follow D and D and D and new episodes will show up in your library. Um, again, that will be happening on October 28th will be Spotify exclusive uh and go follow us there if you search D D, it'll show up with beth's incredible logo um speaking of beth beth's shop the rad shop is now open yeah 
as of uh, yesterday, if you're listening to this the day that it came out, or two days ago, as of October 13th, the uh, shop is open. There will be a link in this episode description. Um, you can get D&D&D merch as well as uh, her other great art and cool stuff over at that um, at that shop. We now have stickers. Uh, we didn't have stickers before for the show, but there are little character heads uh, oh. that you can get as stickers. Yeah, Zeb's. I haven't really seen fun. those yet. I want. I gotta take a look at those. Yeah, uh, uh, shop or radshop.cool. Oh my god! <laughs> we'll also let me double check that real quick. Yeah, we don't want a whitehouse.com situation. <laughs> I think that just redirects now to whitehouse.gov. I, I, I would hope so. <laughs> I don't think fixed that since, since someone figured that out in the 90s. Uh, I can't. Yep. Radshop.cool does redirect to BethBRad.shop. Nice. So, uh, yeah, if you go there, there's a there's products and then D&D&D right next to that. We, we have our own collection. Uh, oh, the Dumbo Octopus has its own sticker sheet. Oh, perfect. <laughs> perfect. Oh, bring it back. Yep. All right. Well, I think that's it. So uh, thanks, everybody. Do what's fun. Do what's fun. D&D&D is executive produced, written, and edited by me, James Gressel. Co-produced and additional mixing by Joel Arnold. Our original music is by Jeremy Nisato. Hear more of Jeremy's music at jeremynisato.com. D&D&D is performed by James A. Janice, Chelsea Rebecca, Beth Radloff, Mike Saigan, and Joel Arnold.